Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Jesus, once again, we come to you humbly, but trying to be bold as you've commanded us to, as we are hidden with your son in you, that we can approach you knowing that we are forgiven, knowing that in you, you are made, we are made righteous. We are made holy as we abide in you. So God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our lives, in our local church, in our community, in our jobs, in our families. May we grow Teach us to grow. Let us be obedient and courageous to remove the things in our lives that distract and take away that we would approach you knowing that you have the best, that you have life, that you have forgiveness, that you have healing and purpose and a passion for you and the things of you available to us. So may we receive all those things. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And as we begin, or before we begin this sermon, I just wanted to share that uh, Bethany did complete her 12th chemotherapy treatment on Friday. Uh, She went in Wednesday, had the treatment, and then had the chemotherapy pump on until Friday, had the pump removed. She did not require the Nilasta shot, the one that caused great pain to boost her white blood cell count, but they said it would hurt your long bones, arms, legs, or sternum. She said behind her ears, it, it really hurt that bone there. And so we're just so thankful. And so she's kind of tired today, but hopefully by Tuesday, she's going to be back. And we're just excited and we're thankful for you, for your prayers, for your gifts, for your thoughts, for your meals, for the cars and everything that you've done just to encourage us and let us continue to be an encouragement to one another. So we just thank you so much uh, for, for those things. Um, as we look at Colossians, we continue in Colossians, but I want to go back to um, uh, last week where Colossians 1.15 said, the Son is the image of the invisible God. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus showed who God is, and Jesus was our example, so we can show who God is. We are reminded of this quote by Billy Graham. He said, can you see God? You haven't seen him. I've never seen the wind. I see the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. That's a mystery. There's a mystery to it. And that's for us. We may not have seen God, but we've seen the effects of who Jesus is, what God has done. We've read the Bible. We look through ancient history and see the stories of this person named Jesus that was falsely accused, that did incredible miracles, legitimate miracles. There's nothing else you could describe them as. And Jesus did these things. And Jesus helped people. And he loved people. And then After he was falsely accused and brutally beaten and put on a mock trial, a kangaroo court, he was killed and his bones weren't broken and he was buried. And then his remains have never been found. So Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And once more, I go back to Isaiah 55, where we might say, well, there's an excuse for us uh, to distance ourselves from God because He says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my 
ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And just when you think you have an excuse not to act like Jesus, not to read the Bible, not to apply this truth to your life, we are reminded that if we will, God wants to make his thoughts and his ways, our thoughts and our ways by the example, the power and the presence of who Jesus is. Jesus wants to allow us to see who the Father is. And as we live in such a way that brings God glory, we can give to one another truth and hope. And you might be in a stage of life where you feel it's bare, where you do not see any fruit. And bare does not equal barren. Bare does not equal barren. Bare just means your season has not come. The book Anonymous, as I mentioned last week, it's been so good for me. It talks about the hidden Jesus. Only 10% of Jesus' life is revealed through scripture. There's a vast amount of his timeline, of his life on earth that's not recorded. It is not seen bear is not barren just because you don't see it it's not recorded does not mean it did not create in you that desire to be like Jesus for us we are learning integrity credibility character we are developing that character for when your time comes that we act in such a way that there is integrity bear does not mean barren do not give up we are not like those without hope we have Jesus that loves us so much Colossians 1.29, so we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. This is Paul saying, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. I do this because Christ works within me. I struggle, I strain, I press on because I want to be used by Jesus. He does not need me, but he wants to use me. So I desire to be available so he can use me. And so now Colossians 2, 1, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Paul uh, speaking there to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I am contending for you. I work. I struggle. The English Standard Version. I agonize the New Living Translation. I strive the American Standard Version. Why are there so many versions of the Bible? I think because they want to go to the literal Greek. Some uh, translate the original language word for word. Some do phrase by phrase. Some do a paraphrase of the general understanding of what's taking place. And so we can learn much. This is from the NIV. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. Paul is writing and dictating this. This letter from prison, he is saying, I'm struggling from prison for all, that you all would know, that you all would receive, that you all would understand. I am in prison writing this with a great hope that you would be encouraged to know this truth about Jesus, this faith in God that's possible. I am struggling. I am depressed. I am discouraged. I am cold. I am hungry. I am sore. I am beaten, but I do it that all might know all might know how uh, similar is that 
till what we find agonize again in the new living translation struggle agonize strive contend this is what paul was doing for us this is what we are commanded as christians as believers followers of jesus to do for others that we would struggle that they might know that we would agonize maybe even fast and pray as we intercede we strive we contend that all might know that they would know for you and those in Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally for all. That's what Jesus is saying in the familiar verse. John 3, 16. This is from the King James Version, 1900. I like how it says that right there in the corner. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He did that for everyone. And Paul is following Jesus' example that everyone would know as God wanted all to know, his creation for all to know. You can say, King James, hey, that's what I memorized, but it doesn't really make sense. It's not applicable to today. It's how relevant is Scripture to today. Well, the message says this way. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that, so that no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life that's here on earth. That's eternal life. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. This is what Jesus is telling us, this is what um, Paul is writing from prison and reiterating to us that it is possible for us to love everyone as we strive, as we contend hidden in Christ, because it's not on our efforts. It's not because of our work. It's just as we get close to Jesus, we can't help but work hard. As we know God's love, we can't help but do things. We don't do things to get God's love, but out of God's love, there's such a compassion and empathy for the lost, for those that are struggling, for those that are growing in their faith that we can't help but reach out and work hard for them. Colossians 1-2. To God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Grace and peace. Once more, Paul is writing that grace is greater than the law, that grace is greater than the law, that we have this hope of Jesus available to you. So if you're watching online, if you're listening for the first time, if you've heard about God or Christianity and you just wonder, like, could it be real? Could it be for me? Yes, God loves you. Jesus, his price, what he did, pays for all your sins, any sin. So choose him and he gives you purpose. He gives you meaning. Instead of chasing that American dream, we can chase after Jesus and not just chase it, but we can know it. And then we can understand that as we live, we are walking in that purpose, in that calling and knowing that he cares for us, not because we're following the law, but because his grace covers us and his love helps us and inspires us. And he is with us. Paul had experienced God's grace. Paul had known Jesus, know Gnosko, not just to know facts and figures and different things about what took place, but he knew through experience. Paul had experienced 
God's grace, and then he was passing it on. Some of us have experienced God's grace, but we hold to this method of this law, this rule, these things that you need to follow. And Paul experienced God's grace, and that's why he's striving, he's agonizing from prison for this church, this congregation, these people he's never, he's never met, that they would know the hope of Jesus, the truth of who Jesus was. This is what he did, and this is what he's telling us to do as well through the scripture through the scripture. The local church is for followers of Jesus to be encouraged, discipled, and sent out in his presence and power to love as he loves. We gather to be encouraged, discipled, and sent out as witnesses, as his ambassadors. Jeff, where do you get that? Where does that come from? Well, through scripture, but let's look at uh, verse 2. My goal, Paul writing, is that they, you, us, may be encouraged in heart, encouraged in heart and united in love and what in love and who you voted for and did you take the vaccine didn't you take the vaccine and affirming your political beliefs and affirming what you think is right and affirming what you want to believe and affirming what you do know that you would be united in love god's love god loves that came to love those that would deny him that would reject him that would spit in his face that is who god loves and who he commands us to love that we would be united in his love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of god namely christ that they would know the mystery of god namely christ encouraged, united, in full riches of complete understanding. You go back to, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the Old Testament and the New Testament colliding and coming together through the power of who Jesus is and what he did, that we would know him, that we would make him known, that we would understand the mystery of God, that Jesus is the invisible, or Jesus is the visible representation of the invisible God. Know the mystery of God, that you might have full riches of complete understanding. This is what Paul is writing to us, and we continue. My goal is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In him are all the treasures, all the treasures. Where your heart is, your treasure is. Where your treasure is, there's your heart. We need to have Jesus transform our heart. We need to have God just motivate us that we would just seek who he is, that his treasures, people, relationships, giving hope, forgiveness. That's how Jesus lived and that's how we can live as well. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Be like Jesus love as he loves. Be like Jesus. Love as he loves. Jesus' purpose was, was to do the will of the Father, to seek and save the lost. We are to be like Jesus, so love as Jesus loves. 
As we look at Colossians 2.4, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Do not be deceived by what sounds good, what you would like to believe, what some are telling you, but go to Scripture. Go to uh, trusted resources and not just Scripture and understanding on your own. Get a thesaurus, get uh, a Bible reference and something you can study, but be a part of a small group or I like to call them micro groups now, whether it's a couple guys that are golfing or a few people that are eating breakfast together where you can have a discussion where it's not just small talk and laughter, but it's deep in-depth conversation so you can grow in who God is. So you are not deceived to believe only what you believe. Remember in Galatians 6, 6 through 9, we find this. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up if we do not give up. Galatians 6, 6 through 9. Do not be deceived. Do not just want to believe what you believe. Do not just search out the newspapers, the magazines, the news resources, the internet connections that just verify or affirm what you believe, but believe the truth of Scripture, of who Jesus is. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present you with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. Paul, again, writing from prison to this church, this congregation, these people that he had never met. He said, I want to present with you in spirit and delight to see you. I want to give you the truth. I want to share with you. Paul did not know if he would get out of prison. Paul did not know if he was going to die in prison. Paul did not know. He had a sense of urgency to share with the church of Colossae, to share with those people the absolute truth that they would not be deceived, that they would not be lukewarm, that they would not just go part way, but they would know all of who Jesus is and was because God sent his son for them, to love them, but in God's love, to forgive them, to help them, to mature them, to bring them to a place that they could help others. Isn't that the calling of us, that we would be disciples, followers of Jesus, that make disciples, we make followers of Jesus, we help others to see the truth of what Scripture says, not just our own opinion. We believe what God says and has done through His Son, Jesus, so we share with others. Though we are absent, from you and body. Just think about the last 18 months. This is Paul writing, but this is Jesus speaking to us. I'm present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Jesus. How solid your faith is in Jesus. That's what we desire. So if you're meeting in person or meeting online, if you're having micro conversations with small groups or getting together and having one-on-one discussions over what does the Bible really say or how can I really act appropriately or how do I love my neighbor as Jesus commands us, we know 
as we're disciplined in the firm, grounded, deep-rooted faith of Jesus, we are not without hope, and we can give hope to one another. It was said this weekend that we need to, maybe not need to, but we've for, been forced to have smaller gardens, but need to have deeper roots. Smaller gardens, deeper roots. Smaller gardens, deeper roots. And as those roots go deep, they can't help but multiply and advance and share with others. So let us be a smaller garden with deep roots that desire that God would make us fruitful, not only faithful. We first need to be faithful and grow deep, but that he might make us fruitful as we abide and remain and find rest in him. Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we can be disciplined. Disciplined enough to contend, to strive, to agonize, to plead and intercede for others. That we would love others, whether they think like us or not. Whether they look like us or not. Whether they attend our church or not. Whether they agree in tithing or not that we would love as you have loved and they might know that you love them and your forgiveness and your passionate calling and purpose for their lives. We thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.